Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Tidewad Tech, episode 55, Mandate Madness, for July 14th, 2011. This week, we're going to have a bit of a discussion about uh, everybody's favorite thing in the, uh, whatever your business may be, be it education or business or whatever, those wonderful mandates that are handed down to you from above. Today, we're going to talk about uh, some of the uh, federal mandates and some of the state mandates we have to, to deal with, and just some of... Uh, some maybe best practices or maybe just uh, venting some frustrations about them. But uh, I guess we'll have to see how things go. Uh, but first, I just want to mention that this is a very new setup for us tonight. Um, I am in my garage at home, and Sean is some 80 miles away in his bedroom at home. And we are testing our new um, Studio A and Studio B setup. I'm in Studio A, and Sean's in Studio B. Right, right. And, yeah. yeah, we'll we'll uh, we'll have uh, uh, multiple studio locations uh, starting here. Well, pretty pretty much immediately. Right. Uh, this is something uh, we, we've as we've mentioned before. We're adding some new shows and uh, uh, scheduling issues. We've got uh, literally people having to record at the same time, and so it was time to uh, break out of my little office at work and uh, move. Uh, uh, move to some different locations. So uh, I'm at home. Sean's at home. We're recording not at 4 p.m. in the afternoon after work, but at uh, 9 p.m. in the evening uh, from our homes. And so we may or may not make this our new uh, recording time. Uh, we'll have to see how that works. Uh, scheduling folks, uh, certainly people, if we were talking with, uh, uh, say, um, somebody from Germany again, as we have before, it would be roughly uh, 3 in the morning for them. So that probably wouldn't work. <laughs> But we've always had to make adjustments for those folks anyway. Uh, so right. we'll just see how it goes. Uh, I uh, let us know in the feed, in the comments, uh, in the feedback, uh, email, whatever, uh, how it sounds. It sounds pretty good on my end. I hope it sounds pretty good on your end, and uh, uh, maybe you'll never notice a difference. Sounds good. Let's get started. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sean, why don't you tell people about some of our new shows, that uh, some that are already out, one that uh, you've got coming that I know you're uh, uh, very proud of and, uh, and what they can look forward to. Well, yeah, I'm definitely uh, really excited. One, uh, well, let's see. Actually, I think it, the first – Up, oh, sorry. I'm going to have to kill my system sounds here. I don't know if that's going to work for me. I'm not That's hearing. not going to work. You weren't hearing? You didn't hear that? Right. Okay. They're coming through your headphones, so we're fine. Uh, okay. Um, so uh, <laughs> Just yeah, pretend me, that never happened, folks. R- right, right. <laughs> um, uh, the Tightwad Teacher, which actually uh, the first episode will have aired two days prior to this show airing uh, as far as being released, you know, the edited version. So this is being released. July 14th and the Tightwad Teacher first episode is July 12th. So if you haven't already checked it out, please do check it out. Uh, I'll say the uh, first episode went really well. Uh, I've got a co-host, John Mikulski, who's a teacher, a middle school teacher up there in New York. And a uh, great guy. Uh, sounds great on the uh, on the radio, I guess we'll call it. And uh uh, we had a great first show. So, you know, if you're, if you're a Uber geek, if you're real super tech and really not into the whole teaching side of things, uh, that's okay. I'm sure, you know, a few teachers out there that, uh, could probably benefit from it. So definitely send them our way, uh, send them the link, tell them to check it out. And, uh, we'll hope to grow, further grow the listenership for element OP all, all together. 
And uh, as we've mentioned before, one of our uh, reasons for doing this is to sort of uh, free us up on this show to be a little more geek-centric, and then uh, on that show you can be a little more classroom-centric, uh, and that way we'll we'll still talk about, we'll, there'll be definite crossover in both shows, uh, but uh, this will be more for the uh, uh, administrative technology geek side, and they, they will be more for the principal-teacher uh, classroom side. Right. And uh, so yeah, there'll be good content in both shows, uh, but uh, it'll be a little bit more. It'll free us up to be a little more geeky and it'll free them up to be a little more curricular. Absolutely. And uh, uh, I also I wanted to jump in and say that uh, we'll be kicking off. Uh, and of course, I'll let you go into the other ones that uh, that you're kind of rounding up, Mark. But uh, we're also going to be kicking off here probably inside of the next 30 days, a a fantasy football podcast so uh that's going to be very interesting and uh of course me you know mark i don't have to tell you we we play fantasy football every year and, and uh, i beat you every year yes you do <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna change that this year but uh but i'll say that we are uh we're very casual about our fantasy football and we've got a couple of guys that uh live and breathe fantasy football and can tell you everything about what's going on in the NFL. And, uh, you know, uh, ju- they, these guys just know everything they've got to speed. So yeah, they uh, are not casual, uh, g- uh, fantasy football players. Yeah, not at all. You know, they're on there, they're playing for serious money and, uh, uh, you know, they're just, uh, there's a TV show, uh, I think it's called the league and it's about fantasy football and that'll give you a little bit of an idea about what these guys are like. Cause they just, uh, they're constantly, uh, even here in the off season with, and with a pending lockout, uh, they're on top of everything. So, uh, we'll yeah. let those guys uh, be the specialists in that and, uh, offer that up to anybody out there who, uh, who enjoys uh, the NFL. Those guys between them put in more hours a week making their picks than I have in all the years I've been playing fantasy football. Oh yeah. And their, their, their draft stuff is just crazy. I mean, that's why I don't like to play fantasy football on that level because of the amount of work that it takes. You know, <laughs> you, you know, these guys are preparing for months for their draft and draft day is a big ordeal and they have a party and all that. It's just crazy. And, uh, yeah, I just don't, I, I love it, but I don't love it that much. <laughs> Yeah, and, and then another show that has already come out, uh, we've already got a couple of episodes in, is our uh, health and fitness uh, show called One Meal, One Workout. Uh, host Aaron Butler uh, every week talks to you a little bit about uh, his journey. He's so far lost about 135 pounds in about a year, and um, and we uh, get together. There's a, a group of people that he calls his test pilots who are uh, um, in sort of a pilot program. They're testing his uh methodology and uh the, every week we'll get together with them and uh, learn how their progress is going and we've got uh, uh various tips on on how to how to uh be healthier it's not a diet show it's not a uh um sports show it is a health and fitness show it's about our food and fitness as he calls it it's about making healthier decisions every time you sit down at the table and about maybe being a little bit less of a couch potato so anyway, those are our, that's our lineup of new shows. And, uh, we just wanted to let you know, we'll probably talk about them as time comes on until you get so sick of hearing about it. You go subscribe. Once you all subscribe, we have no reason to keep talking about it. So, well, then our plan for world domination will have come to fruition. So, <laughs> <laughs> and so before we get started with our, our talk about the federal and state and whatever mandates, uh, I first want to say we are not lawyers. 
Um, we didn't even talk to a lawyer getting ready for this show. So take nothing that we say here as legal advice because it's not. If you, if you go to court and cite the tightwad tech, you'll be in big, big trouble. Right. <laughs> and we will not testify. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I may, but it may not be beneficial to you. Um, <laughs> right. But one of the things that the sort of the main in, uh, impetus of this show that we want to talk about is uh, uh, a federal uh, mandate called SIPA, the Child's uh, Children's Internet Protection Act. And uh, what, what made me think about this is uh, in my job as technology director, um, I get cold sales calls pretty much every day, sometimes many times a day. And there's a whole lot of FUD. You know what FUD is? Fear, uncertainty, and doubt. And there's a whole lot of FUD being spread around uh, when it comes to these, these sort of things that, uh, um, particularly from salesmen, people trying to sell, sell a product will, will advertise their product as being SIPA compliant or, or they'll uh, want to do an audit on your SIPA compliance. And it occurred to me, uh, as, as, as Sean and I were talking about this, I'll bet that none of those salesmen have ever read the Children's Internet Protection Act. And I'll bet most of the people who make buying decisions have never read the Children's Internet Protection Act. So we thought we would talk a little bit about that and uh, maybe demystify it a little bit. But more than that, um, maybe just get some uh, some uh, uh, rallying calls to how to handle these sort of uh, mandates that get foisted upon you. It's one thing for your superintendent to tell you something. It's quite another for the federal government of whatever your country is uh, to tell you to do something. Right, right. Well, and that's, uh, is, and sometimes I guess it's one telling you on behalf of the other and maybe not being correct in, in all of that. So, uh, yeah. And we, we found out some of that. And I, I gotta say that in doing the homework for this, uh, this episode, I came across what probably everybody, uh, references. They go and, uh, they find out, uh, oh gosh, I can't remember the, the exact site, but it's, uh, I think it was like FCC.gov, but it has kind of a just a very basic uh, web page that kind of gives you just the outline, the, the basics of the of the act. But I'll, I'm willing to bet that's what most people look at. And you, I actually had to do some digging just to find the actual law. And uh, we'll have a link to that. Of course, it's one of those kind of weird, long uh, URLs to a PDF. And it's a 700 page document of which only about 20 pages uh, actually uh, has to do with SIPA. So uh, it, was a, it was a lot of work just to find it and to find the part that pertained to us. So I'm guessing a lot of people aren't even going that far. Yeah, so just a quick nutshell version. Uh, why SIPA is important uh, to uh, Americans, uh, Australians, uh, uh, English people, Germans, I'm sorry. Uh, we're not going to be talking about <laughs> your laws, but I'm sure you have something in your school, uh, in your country, I mean, that it, that relates to this sort of thing. Are there people who aren't in education? Uh, there are other uh, sort of mandates that you have to deal with in your business. So uh, this may be a, a little bit of uh, your mileage may vary as we go on here but uh, for schools where it uh, is important is the uh, uh, e-rate funding the uh, uh, 
basically it's a chunk of tax dollars set aside every year to discount uh, telecommunications spending in uh, uh, schools and libraries. Uh, so that means, for example, at our school, uh, all our staff cell phones are discounted at a certain rate. Our Internet access is discounted at a certain rate. It's the only way that we could have the uh, ridiculous, you know, uh, 100 meg bandwidth that, that schools have. Uh, that, that would cost a fortune. Um, and when it does cost a fortune, but the, but most schools uh, have that discounted in some way by E-rate. Uh, and so the E-rate is one of those things that uh, gets held over your head. And they say, well, if you're not SIPA compliant, uh, your E-rate funds are going away. And uh, if, uh, if, you, if they do an audit and you're not SIPA compliant uh, and you don't have the right, and, and that pri- primarily the, the Children's Internet Protection, Protection Act, SIPA, C-I-P-A, uh, primarily talks about uh, electronic filtering of content. And generally speaking, that means the Internet content filter. But uh, actually, as you'll find if you ever read the law, it doesn't mention that at all. It's just filtering of uh, electronic media, which means technically... If little Johnny brings a USB pen drive full of porn and plugs it into your computer, you are no longer in compliance with the Children's Internet Protection Act. Uh, but the salesman doesn't tell you that unless he's trying to sell a product that blocks USB ports. Um, so anyway, uh, what they'll tell you is that if you're not SIPA compliant, the, the big bad Uncle Sam is going to come and take all your money. And not only that, he's going to make you pay back all the money that you ever got in the past. And I've heard that a number of times, that not only can they uh, uh, make you pay uh, the full amount for this year, but they'll go back and they'll retroactively take all your money away from you. And I'm wondering if anybody else out there has ever heard that. Um, what, uh, Sean, tell them what you found out about that uh, little tidbit there. Well, and actually, I was just kind of running back through it and uh, was finding this. And uh, there's actually... Uh, a provision in there that states that uh, specifically the opposite of that, that uh, the secretary, and I'm, I'm guessing that's the secretary of uh, education, most likely. Well, yes, it, whatever, whatever this actually falls under. Uh, Federal communications, uh, maybe who knows? <laughs> yeah, it, that's the thing. Most of what I'm seeing uh, seems to fall under the FCC, but uh, either way uh, that they, specifically can't go back and get funds that had already been issued. Uh, but this act really, uh, uh, it approaches two different entities. It goes for public schools and then it also goes for libraries. And so uh, a lot of things that it states in here uh, apply to public schools and then it'll come back and say almost the exact opposite thing for libraries. So whereas funding can be pulled from uh, libraries, uh, it says specifically that they can't pull it back from schools. Now they can, for schools, cut off your future funding, uh, but even that is a multi-step process. So they'll kind of put you on warning first, and then you have uh, a period of time that you can come back within compliance. So it's not like they're going to just come down out of out of a dark cloud out of the sky and take your money away. Right. It's, it's, it's an interesting thing. It's, uh, uh, again, well, let's talk a little bit, maybe. Well, uh, uh, Mark, I, I just found it. Recovery of funds prohibited. So this is 
this is very clear wording. Uh, it's a, it's a paragraph B, and I'm not going to go into all the subsections. <laughs> you can find it in there. It's on page 341 of the document. Uh, it says, recovery of funds prohibited. The actions authorized by subparagraph A are the exclusive remedies available res- with respect to the failure of a school to comply substantially with the provision of this subsection. And the secretary shall not seek a recovery of funds from the recipient for such failure. So I think that's pretty clear. On that uh, page, but on another page, it says that they right. can. <laughs> further, further down, it says that they can, but that under that section, is uh, it, it's the library section. Right. So uh, now, of course, you know, you'd have to talk to an attorney, and I'm sure some attorneys are going to go hyper uh, safe and say, well, you know, if they can do it over here, maybe possibly they could do it over here. But, uh, but you know, that's that's pretty clear cut right there. And uh, I'm just wondering if anybody out there knows specifically of any kind of precedent where that's actually happened, because it it seems like there's no shortage of people out there uh, kind of prognosticating on what can happen, but nobody's saying, ah, well, school district A or B or C over here had that happen to them. So uh, that's, that's my take on that portion. So yeah, Sean. When when we were talking about he he's that kind of guy. He really uh, likes to dig in and unravel uh, the onion, as it were. And and he really dug into to this sort of stuff. I had read the the law previously uh, when we first started talking about this whole e rate thing, and we knew we had it to be SIPA uh, compliant. So let's talk a little about about what the nut of SIPA compliance is. I mean, there's a product out there. The name of the product is called SIPA filter. Uh, they've built their entire business on FUD, on making people think that they have to be uh, SIPA compliant. Um, uh, basically, and Sean will correct me if I um, oversimplify things, uh, what uh, the, the Children's Internet Protect- Protection Act says is that uh, there are Previously uh, established standards of pornography and um, indecency and, and child pornography and those things, uh, battles that were fought back in the, uh, you know, the, the last century even, uh, you know, uh, uh, back with the Stamp Act years ago. But there, there's these uh, ideas that there's clearly defined what the government considers pornography. All right. You have to block that. Okay. You have to make a good faith effort to block that. Actually, it doesn't, uh, as the, the line that Sean read was substantial non-compliance, right? It doesn't mean that if one website slips through, all oh, that's it. That's $4 million bill is going to be delivered to your door and you got to pay up immediately. Uh, it's, uh, where, uh, substantial non-compliance, you really got to be, um, not even trying uh, to block this right. stuff, almost promoting it, really. Um, and so, <laughs> so if you if you have any kind of filter in place at all, in fact, the very first filter our school had was one I wrote, and uh, uh, it was a, a, a free little utility, obviously free. I wrote it; they they paid me for it, um, and it was ridiculously simple. Uh, a few lines of uh, code. Uh, that w- had a list of uh, bad words, essentially uh, a list of uh, banned uh, topics. That if uh, if it found those, it would uh, block the internet access and report the user. That was SIPA compliant. All right, it didn't cost anything, it, and it cost it only cost me a few hours of coding. Um, it was a very simple tool. That's SIPA compliant because all that SIPA compliance is uh, says is that you have to uh, block the pornography and then that there's another provision after that that says uh that which is deemed unacceptable 
unacceptable is not a governmentally defined thing. It's defined by your local entity. And the way the law says is uh, uh, the, you have to have a meeting of interested parties, and that could simply be your school board. They can get together and decide what they consider inappropriate. And that's usually all codified in something called an acceptable use policy that you have every student sign. It doesn't uh, mean that, uh, I mean, it can mean anything. It can go all the way down to websites with the color blue in them, if that's what you want, you know. And and you could have to block any website with the color blue in it, and that would be uh, SIPA compliant. If you didn't, you would be uh, uh, substantially <laughs> uncompliant with your own local SIPA policy. But the, all the government is really concerned with is the is the uh, pornography, the uh, uh, child, uh, what's the wording they use, Sean? Uh, um well, child they're, exploitation. They're, yeah, um, they're very specific about uh, child pornography, too. They list that as a separate item. Right. And child pornography has must be blocked. And there's actually different levels, right? So you have uh, uh, access to minors, and then you have access to adults. And uh, child pornography is specifically uh, referenced for the adults. So... Uh, you know, you might be blocking all that stuff for students, but if teachers are able to get out there and surf child porn, then uh, you're certainly not SIPA compliant. Unless you're a library. There are different rules for schools and libraries. <laughs> if you're a library, you have to allow unfiltered content to a patron who asks for it. That's a freedom of speech issue. And often those two things, uh, because the the SIPA rule uh, laws were written uh, c to combine these things, um, in fact, the organization that oversees it is the SLC, the Schools and Libraries Commission. Uh, because those two things were written together, they're often considered as this one lump thing. And and so you'll have people say that uh, you have to block teachers and others say that you can't block teachers. Well, if your teacher is in a public library and they request unfiltered access, you have to provide it. But if they're at school on your network, uh, you're obligated to not uh, provide uh, unfiltered access. So it's it's really kind of crazy. Well, and I, I do want to say there actually is a provision for you to lift filters for specific adults. Uh, so if a teacher requests that you lift a filter, uh, it, it just states, and I don't have the exact wording, but it's to the effect of for bona fide research purposes. So uh, again, and we have this happen all the time where a teacher is trying to access some site that they uh, need to either research or get materials for something that they're actually doing in the classroom, uh, then we can unblock that site for them so that they can gain access to that site and do what they need to do. It just has to be for bona fide research purposes. So there's the, um, um, the nutshell version of what SIPA is. Now, let me tell you the salesman trying to sell a filter version of what SIPA is. You have to block everything and if you don't, the government's going to shut you down. So buy my product. Right. Yeah, and we're the one product that can keep that from happening. That's right. We're the only. I've actually had a salesman tell me that we are the only SIPA compliant product on the market. Okay, that's not even close. Uh, that's right. not that there's no such thing as uh, no product in itself is SIPA compliant. SIPA compliance has to do with your local policy. Right. And, you know, there's there's a, a section in there that talks about enforcement. And I think this is where people get a little caught up is, you know, we are required to be enforcing that policy uh, and uh, trying to block 
that content. Um, but that that's just it. Enforcing doesn't mean 100% com, you know, compliance that you're going to catch every single side. I think like you said before, what that means is that we have we have procedures in, in place and technologies in place that give it a, a good faith effort. Uh, you know, police don't stop murder, but they enforce the laws. So uh, I think maybe if you can think of it in that in that way, I mean, we certainly at our district uh, do the best we can with the money and technology we have available to us to make sure that, you know, nothing inappropriate gets in front of these students. Uh, so therefore, we're doing what we need to do. So why, Sean, are salesmen always all doom and gloom? How come nobody calls you up and says, hey, thanks for doing such a good job of blocking content and keeping your kids safe? <laughs> well, you know, they got to they got to feed their kids. So. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, I as, mean, it, go ahead. We, we talked we talked about maybe even in a future show having kind of a, a discussion on, you know, who can you trust? Because uh, you can't trust the salesman. You can't take what they're telling you and uh, and. and and trust it as law. Uh, certainly, I'm sure they have some marketing department that read through this law and picked off some highlights and said, oh, well, we can use that and we can use this. You know, they're going to look for what they can use to their advantage to try to sell their product. So uh, always keep that in mind whenever any salesman's talking to you. Exactly. Um, it's also incumbent on you. All right. As the uh, tech director, I'm talking to tech directors out there. I'm talking to guys in my position. It's your job to know what you're talking about, right? And if you're just um, blindly forking out money because somebody told you the governmental boogie bear will get you if you don't, then you are guilty of of malfeasance. You're, you're not doing your job. There's a 50 cent word for you, malfeasance. Um, yeah, I like it. If, if, you're, if you're not doing your job, they don't need you. Step aside and let somebody in who will do your job. Uh, like I said, the, uh, we don't still use the free little content filter I wrote because it didn't meet our needs as our network grew. But it was SIPA compliant. So don't let somebody fool you into thinking you have to have this multi-thousand dollar a year uh, subscription to some appliance just so that uh, you will be within federal compliance. How about doing what I did and going and finding out what the law is? I, w I would really like to know um, how many people have ever done that. I wonder um, if we could find some, some numbers on that. I bet it's pretty low. People tend to be lazy. And I'm talking about me here. Uh, people in my job, in my I myself, we tend to be lazy. Or maybe lazy is not the right word. We're busy. we got a lot of things going on. And uh, we, we like to let things slip through the, the hoops, uh, uh, through the hoops, through the cracks. Uh, but right. the way I see it, if you're spending money and you're not a hundred percent sure why you're spending money, you shouldn't be spending that money. Yeah. And you know, you also have to keep in mind, and uh, I dealt a lot with this in my, my corporate background is that uh, I imagine large districts and even probably small districts have some sort of attorney on, on uh, retainer. Uh, but large districts might have a whole team of them and, uh, or even an internal legal department. And those attorneys are paid well to 
protect you. Uh, now, the problem with that is sometimes they do their job too well. And uh, what they're going to default to is the absolute, you can't ever have a problem with it answer, uh, whether it's the truth or not. Uh, they're going to give you advice that they know will never come back to bite them. So they're not necessarily looking, when you ask them to review a law like this, they're not reviewing it with the light of what can we do to best serve education. They're looking at it as CYA, cover your you know where I'm going there. Assets. <laughs> yeah, yeah, something like that. So, uh, so even, uh, you know, you may uh, have a professional network there and you know somebody from a large district and they say, well, our attorney reviewed this and this is what their advice was to us. Uh, my first question to that would be, what, what precedents are they basing that opinion on? Uh, again, I go back to, I've heard a lot of talk about this law. I haven't heard anybody actually referencing any precedents. So, uh, if I'm hearing something from an attorney, I can certainly appreciate that. And, uh, you're paying for the information. So you definitely want to, uh, you know, heed what they're saying, but, uh, it doesn't prevent you from going back in and reading through this law and, uh, making your own determination. Uh, and, and then, you know, just move forward from there. So, just some things to keep in mind. I mean, you know, I think this is a frustrating topic we see uh, every time it comes across the email uh, because it's it's a lot of people uh, really just kind of talking like the sky is falling. Uh, so that's my two cents. I got to ask you, Sean, nobody else can see you on video but me. What game are you watching? Uh, oh, no. <laughs> as you see me off to the left there. Well, actually, uh, it's funny because my daughter's still awake, so uh, I had to have something on the TV to keep her busy, so <laughs> I have no idea. So, some, something on Disney. <laughs> I thought maybe it was some baseball game that you had to watch and the, the podcast no, no, couldn't no. wait. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm a, I'm a single dad with two little ones. All I get to watch is like Nickelodeon and Disney. <laughs> right. As I've often said, if there's not a singing tree or a dancing squirrel, we don't get to watch it. Right. I get, I get a lot of Barney and Hannah Montana as well. So. <laughs> so anyway, a little levity there. Um, I did have another point, but I forgot what it was. Um, what was it? I'm sure, I'm sure it was a good one. <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe we should mention as well, uh, something, I guess a portion or a heart of it that we didn't really reference. And I'm sure everybody's probably aware of, but uh, certainly if you're getting these funds, you're aware of it, but the, there is an annual reporting requirement. So you have to certify that you have things in place. And uh, it's not like the IRS, nobody comes down on you. And, you know, I mean, at least we haven't had that happen, you know, an auditor come in, but uh, certainly that could possibly happen so you're just certifying that you have a policy and you're taking action on it i, I will say this uh when uh the e-rate program was first created um i'm trying to remember when that was maybe 99 somewhere around there uh my superintendent at the time and i we sat down and looked at it and decided you know it's not worth it um, there's, you get a discount off of certain things and there are other things that we didn't have any need for. And it's just better for us to not take these funds than to deal with all the hassle. Um, and, and of course, over the years, that equation, uh, shifted the balance. And, and so now we, we, uh, do all the reporting and all the garbage you have to go through, uh, because the, the discount is worth it. And by the way, taxpayers, thank you for that. 
<laughs> you're you're paying right. for for our school our students to have internet access and bandwidth and all these good things and and we appreciate that honestly um but it, it it sometimes the best thing to do in that situation is to not stick your hand out for the government uh handout handout let me say handout again uh maybe the best thing to do <laughs> is to just say no thank you and we did that for several years um and then interesting we got a new superintendent uh and he came to me and said uh how come we're not doing this and i laid it out for him and what the reporting requirements were and what we actually got out of it and he went Oh yeah, it's not worth it. And so he decided too that it wasn't worth it. But then again, as time went on, it was primarily internet access as we, we bought into a, our school bought into a consortium, uh, that was going to provide us with, uh, uh, high speed, uh, internet access, uh, at a low rate. And we had to be members of the E-rate program to be a part of that consortium. So that's what brought us into it. Um, I see uh, if he's still there, Mr. Paul Wood, who's been a, a guest on our show in the past. Um, uh, if you're still in the chat room, Paul, uh, you're a private school, right? Uh, are there what sort of things, if you could uh, type in there while we vamp, um, what sort of things do you guys have to deal with? I, I don't know that E-Rate applies to you uh, or, or does it. Uh, so I'm just going to wait for the like 30 second delay there for him to, to answer. <laughs> but I did find, uh, one of the things that, uh, Sean read the, um, thing where it talked about they can't take money from you well, here in, in it's uh, appendix d paragraph f it says failure to comply with certification any school so now we're not talking about library this is a school that knowingly fails to ensure the use of its computers in accordance with a certification under certain paragraphs B and C shall reimburse any funds and discounts received under their subsection for the period covered by such certification so that's not uh, retroactive or is it for the period covered by such certification? See, that's why you need a lawyer and not two goombas in a garage. Um, I really right. don't know what that and means. That, that's why I really, uh, you know, I guess the holy grail for me would be uh, some present precedent setting uh, law, you know, some sort of legal action that's taken place. So, you know, that's how these things always go. You know, some law gets put on the books and until somebody has kind of, uh, uh, I guess been sacrificed at the altar. Uh, you don't really know how that's going to uh, play out. Um, so, you know, chances are uh, it's going to take some sort of high profile uh, situation to put you up on that chopping block anyways. Um, you know, I think we've seen where uh, certainly teachers have been caught, uh, you know, even accidentally uh, displaying inappropriate images uh, just, you know, not even, I guess, negligently, you know, it wasn't like they tried to, it was accidentally. And that teacher got into a lot of trouble, but never heard in any of those instances where that school had SIPA funding pulled. So uh, I'm not saying that it hasn't happened out there. I just, if somebody out there does know, I would be very interested if you could forward that information to me. Right. Okie Jason in the chat room uh, says that his school takes the funds, but uh, they're not quite poor enough to qualify for internal connections. Internal connections is that a really big carrot that is often dangled out in front of you and says that uh, you can save 60, 70, 80, 90% on uh, internal networking and switches and servers uh, and, and all sorts of great stuff there. Um, so you can buy, you know, a, a really expensive uh, blade server and get a 90% discount on it. And that's pretty awesome. Um, but um, 
only a small fraction of the people who apply for that actually get funded. And you have to buy the gear, then find out if you're funded, then find out if you get the discount. We we uh, ro- rolled the dice on that uh, uh, a few years ago and bought some stuff that we needed. I mean, we didn't stock up on stuff needlessly, but we bought a bunch of stuff that we needed, applied for the internal connections, and then missed the cutoff by like 2%. Like we were at uh, 78% and they stopped at 80%. Um, and, and so we ended up having to pay for all that after we had done all the paperwork and all the... Um, the uh, uh, reporting and all the garbage that you have to go through, um, you have to uh, do all of that. And then like a year later, you get a letter from the government saying, um, oh, yeah, we've, we're not funding internal connections for you. So all those servers that you bought at a discount, yeah, you're going to have to pay the full price for that. Right. Yeah, those uh, twenty twenty thousand dollars worth of switches. Uh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, you know, that's that's just it, I guess. Uh, you know, uh, it, it's something you can't necessarily rely on. I can only imagine that, you know, that's going to be a moving target and uh, it's going to change from year to year. And, uh, you know, all you can do is is hope for the best. And uh, I'm just going to make a quick aside here by special request of the uh, people in the chat room. Um, I've been asked to show the garage cam. So I'm going to show that real quick. Here I am in my garage. Behind me is a stepladder <laughs> hanging on the wall <laughs> and the the white on the barely finished walls and and there's a, a rake tools hanging out there. So there you go. You, you have seen it. That's uh, um, the garage cam. Oh, can they see me too? No, no, I didn't show them you. Okay, good, good. You can leave it that way. A <laughs> uh, question is asked uh, uh, in the chat room, how high does the percentage need for internal funding? Um, uh, generally, Paul, it's uh, in the neighborhood of 80% or higher. So 80% of your uh, kids or more have to be classified as low socioeconomic status. Um, and, uh, and that's, that's at the low end. Generally, it's 90, uh, to 85 to 90, 90%, uh, are the people or, and up, or uh, get funded. But I think the lowest I've ever seen it was, uh, 77%. So you really have to be a dirt poor school to get that kind of discount. Yeah, I mean, it, our school, we're extremely small rural uh, school district. And, uh, you know, most of, uh, I mean, most of the people that live in our area are ranchers and farmers and uh, make very little money. And uh, we just quite, you know, didn't quite make it. We just missed it. Yeah, we shoot around uh, 77, 78, 79% every year. And uh, the, the, basic, uh, the basic way to look at that is um, uh, do your kids qualify for free lunches? And so uh, roughly 79% of our kids every year uh, qualify for free lunches. So it's, uh, you know, these are kids that literally cannot feed themselves. Um, and that's uh, well over uh, three-quarters of our schools, and yet we're still not poor enough. Um, which is interesting, interesting because the, the, uh, E-rate fund is generally something like, uh, 20, uh, $2.5 billion or something like that. And they start at the top and start handing that out. So 
that says to me that either there are a lot of really poor schools or the few people that do get the money are spending a lot of money. And I'm not sure which it is. Maybe it's both. All right. Well, uh, think we covered that one or anything else you can think of? Um, no, I think we covered that. It's again, um, just want to, uh, to preface this is the, the, if we have a main message here, it's think before you buy. <laughs> That's really what this was all about. Do some research. And so Sean and I went to a couple of government websites, uh, and found all this information. And again, I had done it before and he did it again today. Um, and, and I wonder how many people out there, again, this is tightwad tech, right? That's our goal is to save money, uh, and to do things in a, in a, uh, financially efficient manner. Um, sometimes just a little bit of reading and knowing what you're talking about. Um, the most expensive asset in any organization is ignorance. Well, that was profound. Let me say that again. The most expensive asset in any organization <laughs> is ignorance. Are you paying for ignorance? Underling out there, you guy who's not the boss, is your boss paying for ignorance? Maybe, maybe it's time for you to speak up. Maybe you need to do some research and, uh, and lay it at your, on your boss's desk and say, look, look at what we're paying that we don't have to. Look at what we're doing in the name of compliance when in fact we don't have to. Yeah. And I, I do have to say, uh, and, uh, I researched this, uh, this episode, but as I researched it, it as typically happens when you're researching the law, uh, it turns into a giant monster and you've got all these little tails that go off in different directions and you kind of have to follow those because they could be, uh, that could be important to what you're, what you're researching. So, uh, you have to follow all of those different references and everything. So I'm going to continue to dig into it and I want to get a real good feel for, what this law is uh, doing and maybe see if I can find some precedents out there. I couldn't today, uh, but I'm going to continue to look at it and we may do a follow-up show, you know, here a few months from now and uh, I'll report back on what I've found since then. Okay. And unless there uh, are no more questions from the chat room, uh, I think uh, this uh, later hour has afforded more people to be with us than that or- ordinarily are. And that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, that was kind of nice to see. <laughs> uh, I was thinking nobody was going to be in the chat room, but I guess, uh, you know, those people do actually have work to do during the day. Yeah. So. And they're geeks at home with their computers at night. Right, uh, right. So I, I could picture wives going, what are you listening to? <laughs> uh, a quick story. I was uh, on vacation uh, with uh, my family, and we were at the end of a long day. Uh, I was stretched out on the bed listening to Security Now with Steve Gibson on my phone. And my wife, uh, who was in, you know, you know how hotel rooms are, right? The bedroom is here and the bathroom is eight feet away. She was, uh, you know, washing her face and getting ready for bed at night. The kids were already asleep. She walked in and she honestly, uh, this was not a, a joke. She asked me, what language are they speaking? Because it was so jargon heavy, so tech heavy. She thought I was listening to some bilingual podcast. <laughs> so yeah, uh, uh, spouses don't understand sometimes. Uh, but anyway, that was, I just thought that was a funny story. You know, I would mention that. Uh, but having digressed far enough, we'll move on now to the tips of the week and we'll start with our tech tip. And this one, um, is a little different than some of the ones I've done in the past in that it is only, uh, free for home use. So while we're a school, uh, centered podcast, you can't use this at school. 
but uh, I know a lot of our listeners also have uh, sort of a side business, right, where they do things or maybe they're their family's tech support. And this would be a handy tool for that. It's uh, called the Mini Tool Partition Wizard uh, Home Edition, hence it's only for home use. Uh, and we've talked about partitioning tools in the past, uh, but what's cool about this one is its simplicity. It is really uh, point-and-click simple to uh, resize a partition or make a new partition or erase a partition, uh, and it's just a neat little tool to, to maybe have in your backpack. I would still probably go with a puppy Linux disk, but then again, I'm an Uber geek who does a podcast from his garage. Uh, so if you're not, then maybe the uh, uh, free partition mini tool uh, wizard uh, would be for you. And again, you can find the link for that on our website. Mark, I got to say, I'm going to actually avoid that one because my, my, I guess, small little claim to geekdom that I do have is using tools like Puppy Linux to do my partitioning. So I'm going to, I'm going to stick with that. I don't know. I might have to check it out, but, uh, I sure do love how easy Puppy Linux is to, to do that kind of stuff. Right. If it's so easy, anybody can do it. You're not special anymore. Right. It, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> And what is yeah, our? And I can say, hey, yeah, I use Linux. <laughs> what is our teacher tip of the week, Sean? All right, our teacher tip. Uh, I've actually been sitting on this one for a while, and uh, I don't know. Maybe it's just uh, it wasn't really up my alley. I ran across it. It's called Africam dot com. So it's A F R I C A M like michael.com and uh what it is uh, what africam oh you stopped is. yourself <laughs> i did see i'm getting better at that <laughs> he almost said what it is is uh, what it is is uh africam.com is a site run by an african animal con- conservationist and what they have is they have a bunch of live webcams in africa and they've placed them around watering holes and things where the wildlife uh, typically frequent and you can go there and dial right into that webcam and I'll, I'll admit about 90% of the time you're going to see nothing. Um, but, uh, I could see where, you know, maybe in a classroom or something. And if you had the means to do so, you could have that up, uh, quite frequently and you might actually catch some really neat things going on. Uh, what they also do have though, is they've made recordings of certain interesting things that have happened. So you don't have to watch it constantly. If something happens, they'll typically record it and then you can go and, uh, they have, uh, uh, just a great number of videos where you can go and just see lions coming up to the water hole and drinking. Um, I will warn you, uh, I, I've been looking at this site for a while and I went back just to double check it today and they posted one and it's, it's labeled graphic, but you know, it's uh, a pride of lions basically running down a, uh, Oh, what is it? What was Pumbaa in the lion King? It was not a warthog. I think it was it a warthog. Yeah. He was a warthog. Yeah. The song uh, when uh, I was a young warthog. Sorry. Yeah. I've seen well, it too many times. Well, it was a young warthog and there's this pride <laughs> of lions, uh, you know, t- taking it down and eating it. And so, you know, you have to, uh, you certainly have to be careful with that, I guess, but it is all nature and, uh, that's just the, the circle of life. <laughs> <laughs> just, uh, we're getting, we're getting really bad now, aren't we? <laughs> the, the irony of such things. I went to the website, I clicked the button, the ad loaded immediately. The camera, however, has been buffering for about a minute and a half now. So it's funny how yeah, ads it, never buffer. Yeah, yeah. So they, they make sure they can get that ad in front of your face. Um, and they have some really neat ones. They had uh, a few months back. They had where uh, 
I guess, a family of eagles, and there was uh, several eaglets in the uh, in the nest, and they had a camera fixed on that. 24-7, and you could watch these uh, baby eagles grow, and uh, eventually, I guess it ended with, uh, as they flew the nest, you know, as they finally uh, were able to fly and move on, so uh, some really neat things there, uh, definitely worth checking out, so africam.com. And apparently people who go to africam.com are supposed to like Orbit's gum and need their hair uh, dyed from Clairol conditioning uh because that's the two ads that I've seen right. so far. Yeah, and I do always want to preface, you know, anytime you're going to take a classroom to a website, you really should pull it up before that class begins. Uh, that's what I always did uh, in when I was in the classroom this last semester. If I was going to put them on a website, I would pull the website up uh, well in advance of the class, make sure that, you know, I wasn't going to run into any weird ads. And uh, certainly, regardless of the site, you know, you don't know who's going to be serving up their ads. So you certainly want to familiarize yourself with that and uh, kind of buyer beware. Okay, so this is funny. So there's a little red button there that says, don't see any animals. Click here to call them. So I click the button and it says, we're just kidding. You can't call them. They're wild animals. <laughs> yeah, it's it's definitely focused towards kids and, you know, classroom age kids. So uh, it's a fun site. All right. That sounds like a cool one. And so this is the part of the show where we tell people where you can reach us. And uh, once again, that is our website at elementopi.com. That's elementopi.com. E-L-E-M-N-T, elementopie, opi.com. Elementopi.com. Did I get that? Elementopi.com? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, as we, we effort to rebrand. <laughs> so, Sean, what sort of things are people going to find if they go to elementopi.com? Well, you can certainly find a list of all of our shows, and uh, on the uh, the front page of the website, you're going to always get our latest release. So, uh, you know, if you're looking for the Tightwad Tech and you see see Everyday Linux there uh, front and center on the main page, uh, don't worry. Just off to the left is a nice little list of all of our shows, and you can click on that and uh, get there. Uh, you can call us or actually put in your phone number and Google will call you. Google's uh, really nice like that. They'll, they'll make your phone calls for you. Right, right. So, uh, and there's a number that goes along with that, right, Mark? That's right. That's 530-FRUGAL2, uh, F-R-U-G-A-L-2, if you're still the kind of person who likes to dial a button. But frankly, I like to have Google call me because it makes me feel important. It's like I pushed a button and said, uh, Susie, <laughs> get the president on the phone. And a few minutes later, I get a call. Uh, you can also find us on uh, Twitter, Element OP, uh, on Twitter. So it's twitter.com slash Element OP. And then we've got Twitter lists there. So for the two of us, it would be uh, slash Tightwad Tech. Or you can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Element OP. Seeing the trend here? Um, Element right. OP. <laughs> that was, that was uh, Mark, you came up with that. And that, that's uh, Mark being clever. I, th I thought it was good. Right. It's a play um, off of L-M-N-O-P. But that website was taken, so it was Element Opie, and um, yeah, I thought it was funny. Maybe, maybe I'm warped. Actually, I know I'm warped, but still, yes, I thought it yes, was funny. you are. <laughs> oh, I do want to say though, uh, it, it's been nice seeing uh, the forums are starting to flourish again. You know, as we moved over from the Taiwan Tech to Element Opie, uh, we had a lot of good forum traffic over there on the Taiwan Tech site, and that's starting to already start to kind of. Uh, repopulate i guess on the new site so that's good to see and i've actually enjoyed uh the one meal one workout forum 
uh, where uh, I guess the I don't know. It, it, Mark, you'll have to explain that to me because there's it's you and, a, and another host. But who is the who is the third person I saw on the forum? Uh, he was the guest on our second episode. We've already got uh, two episodes in the can and we'll be recording our third episode actually tomorrow. So uh, if you're around here tomorrow at about 530 p.m. Central Time, uh, you can listen in. Uh, his name is uh, Don Sullivan. And if you Google Don Sullivan, it's not that one. Um, but uh, he's uh, he was our guest and actually is uh, probably going to be a recurring co-host uh, as the show goes on. Nah. Well, I have to. I have to say, I really uh, so far, and of course, I get sneak previews, but I've really enjoyed that one. And uh, being a former college football player and uh, United States Marine, I'm no stranger to being healthy and living a healthy lifestyle. But I certainly don't do it anymore. <laughs> and, uh, uh, so listening to that show has kind of refocused me, and I, I didn't really expect that. I thought maybe I'd listen to it a, a few times, you know, just. Uh, you know, being part of Element Opie, but uh, I, I'm going to be a weekly listener because I, I like the show and it's keeping me focused on uh, just really uh, living healthy again. I, I think I, the one I'm most excited about is the uh, the upcoming f- uh, sports show. I think that's going to be absolutely hilarious. Knowing the guys who are involved, I think it'll be funny and informative, and I'm really looking forward to that. And that's kind of cool when when you're producing shows that you want to listen to. That that's when you know you're somewhere. At least I think. Right. <laughs> Unless I'm the only one who wants to listen to them. <laughs> no, that's uh, that's gonna be that's gonna be good. We've got some good uh, outspoken and abrasive personalities all at the same time. And I think that's just right for that type of show. Oh, oh, I forgot to mention, Sean. We forgot to talk about the uh, the um, spring slash summer sellout contest. We oh, said yes. We said that we would give them till July fifth to get their thing in and today is in fact july 5th so i'm going to go to the forums now and i'm going to go and look at the topics and i'm going to say the winner is yes the one entry (laughs) (laughs) so i think it's all it's safe to say that we can all vote for the one entry that was put in there (laughs) so so who is the proud new owner of a Tightwad Tech t-shirt? Aaron Butler of Marietta, Georgia, who also happens to be the host of One Meal, One Workout. <laughs> and no, we didn't plan that. He is literally the only person who submitted anything. All right. So, all right. Well, he earned it. Yeah. So Aaron's going to be coming to visit Texas in the near future. And so I will just hand it to him um, in the near future. And so that contest has come to an end. And the next time I come up with one, I'll try to find something that somebody cares about because we begged for entries for 12 weeks and got nothing on this. Well, and uh, Oki J, I'm, I'm guessing that's Oki Jason, Oki Jass. Yes. Uh, in the uh, chat room says he posted one on iTunes, but we did, we did say that you had to post a link to it in our forum, which he did didn't do. That's right. 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 So, yeah. It's like one of those Sorry. things where the, the first instruction is read all instructions. And then the last one is handed in with your name on the top left. He didn't read all the instructions. <laughs> We still love you, though, yeah. Oki. Oki Jason says I should give my iPad away, and that might uh, uh, get some interest. Um, 
I don't think you'd want it at this point. It has like four and a half inches of grape jelly on it because every day as soon as I leave from work, one of the kids grabs it and the rest of the kids spend all day uh, with it and uh, it's pretty disgusting at this point. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, I guess it's time for me to say great show. Okay. So this is our first uh, remote broadcast. It's not the first time Sean hasn't been in the same room with me. We've done that once, maybe twice before. But the first time that Studio A and Studio B uplinked via satellite all across the world. Okay, it was Skype, but still. (laughs) Right. um, uh, let us know, folks, what you think. Uh, uh, we're in a time of great transition here, so this is your time to speak out. I, actually, I say that all the time. Uh, we we want to hear from you all the time. But but now, in particular, when we're making all these changes, what works for you? What's a good time for you? What's a good uh, uh, location for you? Uh, talk about the website. What's good about it? What's bad about it? Hey, I designed pretty much the whole site and all the graphics and the themes. So if you got something good to say about it, I want to hear that. If you got something bad to say about it, I want to hear that too, because I, you know, we, we, we need to, uh, to change it. But, uh, uh, recently somebody commented that the graphics were really good on it. And I appreciated that because I designed all the graphics after much fretting. (laughs) <laughs> about it and 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 changing well this pixel might look better a shade darker and i'm not joking am i sean i was literally that obsessive no. about it right and then i was there uh, i i don't know that people know this out there but uh, i've got a very keen eye for proportions and uh centering and things like that so yeah there was a lot of back and forth because we would think we had it just right and then one or the other would say no that needs to change just this tiniest little bit so yeah it was a it was quite a bit of work. You did a, a, a mountain of work on the site. And yeah. so I'll thank you. Jason in the chat room says that's a sign of an artist. I don't think I'm an artistic. I think I'm autistic. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, something. Artistic. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, from my 95 degree garage in Northeast Texas, this is Mark signing off. And Sean signing off.